0: What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Uh, Before we get into the podcast, please hit subscribe. Please uh, give us some comments, like, share it with your friends. Um, If you enjoy the podcast, it just makes the podcast go a little bit longer. I really appreciate it. Podcast time, Sarah's story. Sarah has been in the music industry for a very long time. She's been a presenter at Capital Radio. She's been a presenter at many other radio stations across the UK. She's also been a singer. And now she is a presenter on Friday nights at Radio 1 in the Radio 1 dance team. This is a very... What's the word for it? Special job um, being in charge of a spot during the Radio 1 dance show. Um, I grew up listening to Radio 1 dance um, every Friday night. It was a part of my life. It's a part of British culture. And to get the job on Radio 1 is extremely hard. Um, And there's only a select few people that do this. So realistically it means that she's literally one of the best in the world at being a radio presenter um has i've been lucky enough to sarah for sarah to support a couple of my records throughout the last year of her being on the radio um and we talked on instagram we've got a lot of mutual friends so i thought i would go on the podcast and have a good conversation so without further ado sarah story sarah story what's cooking
1: Hello, you're
0: right. Good, finally, lovely to meet you, like in person. Well, not in person, I guess, but it's good to talk to you.
1: Yeah, you too. It's weird because I feel like I've known you for ages because we've chatted online and stuff. And um, yeah, it's a bit like a lockdown situation again, isn't it?
0: I think. Well, that's when we started talking, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Think, I think it was like at the beginning of lockdown we started. Like I don't know, is it?
1: Maybe towards the end of lockdown, maybe. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's just weird that we've not actually met in person. Yeah. And I feel like I've known you for ages. I know,
0: it's mad. It's it's the weird thing about this industry, right? And with social media and how easy it is to contact somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't I know it? <laughs> with everyone sending me music oh, now, I'm God. like, ah, it's coming from every angle now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you I want to get into that. Um at some point during this. A- Are you in your kitchen right now?
1: I am, yeah. I'm
0: loving the like the guard that you have for your oven or for your cooker. You
1: know what? Everyone comments on that. It's really good because it just kind of protects the brick from yeah. all the cooking, all the cooking I don't do. Do you not cook? Um, no, well, not really. I wish I was good at it, but I'm not. I don't really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I love eating. <laughs> love eating but like the cooking process stresses me out a little bit but it's something I need to get good at because I don't like being crap at stuff so I need to get better at it does
0: your boyfriend cook yes so you're good then
1: yeah but he takes charge almost too much so I like hover around like anything I can do are you one of them yeah, yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, just like, just clean, and I'm like, never, I'm <laughs> like use, he's like, you just do the dishes. I'm like, fuck sake. But he's a really good cook, and yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I might as well just enjoy his cooking that, and I do, to be fair.
0: I love cooking. It would, yeah. I think if it wasn't for music, I'd be chef. That would be really, yeah.
1: Do you know what? I find it really interesting because there's a lot of DJs Mm. who love cooking, like, um, you know, Seth Troxler, obviously he's, he's really into it. And um, two very stressful jobs. You obviously like high stress. Yeah, I'm not too sure. It it
0: is super stressful because I've got a friend that owns a hotel in mm, Exmoor Somerset. It's like on the border Mm. and he, it's like, he's like, it's not Michelin star, but it could, get a michelin star if they had michelin star there okay and um i've i've gone for like during covid i went for like a week and cooked with him and then done it again just coming out covid and yeah like it's a very it's a super small hotel so it only does like eight tables a night Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's fucking stressful
1: Really stressful Because everyone has such high expectations And mm-hmm. you want everyone to, to have a great experience yeah. And everyone's taste is different Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a really tough job To be able to, to, to kind of master I
0: think it's harder than music Way yeah. harder They work so much harder They earn a lot less money And yeah, you're fucking being slaved
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not just it's not just cooking. Like people don't realize. Like in like a big, like a big kind of very high end restaurant, there's literally mm-hmm. somebody that just does one thing. Just cuts the potatoes, mm-hmm. and they have to do that for like five days, six days a week, for hours. And you're just like, oh. It's mind-numbing. That's a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? That is a lot. I guess it's the same in music.
2: music. (laughs) Yeah, I think
0: I I think we see the we see the the pleasure because I guess when you're cooking a lot of the time in a kitchen, you're not actually seeing them enjoy the food, right? Yeah, because a lot of the time you're behind the doors,
1: and a lot of chefs don't actually enjoy the food. Mm. I know a couple of people who they're really good chefs and they end up just get, the so fed up of cooking. Mm. They're like, I'm just going to get a Chinese takeaway on the way home.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and they don't actually enjoy cooking. the food yeah, themselves, yeah. which I find is really sad. But, um, but, do, but again, you, do you find that with music
0: as well sometimes? Like, I yeah.
1: Um, what, just like, just kind of, I need some silence. Not, I think like
0: in, like electronic music, right? You're listening to a lot of electronic music. So am I. Yeah. I very rarely listen to electronic music in my downtime. Of
1: yeah.
0: like when I switch off, I'm off that. It's gone out of yeah, my life. Yeah. I can't. I don't actually want to listen to it.
1: Yeah. Do you ever get that? I. Do you know what? I do still love listening to it, yeah. but now I'm. I've learnt I've learned that I've really started to consume music differently. Okay. Now I'm doing it as a full-time job. Yeah, um, I used to like, listen to tracks like a million times, like, mm. just one song, just like love it and like treasure the song. But I'm getting so much music sent to me now that I've just kind of got to give a, a bit of love to everything really yeah. fast. And it's like, I, I don't know, it's, it's really hard. So now when I'm not listening to stuff, I do listen to podcasts. Mm. Um, and I love listening to podcasts because... I feel like they just make me totally switch off. And they're always like funny podcasts, silly podcasts, and yeah, nothing yeah. like too intense. Yeah, um, yeah. They're generally like, have you heard of Shagged Marriage Annoyed? Have you heard of that podcast? No, but this sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So I started listening to it in lockdown and it's um, it's the comedian Chris Ramsey mm. and his wife Rosie Ramsey and they're Geordies and they are just so ridiculous, they're so funny um, and I've always loved him as a comedian, I think he's a really mm. good comedian because yeah, he's, he's, he's someone that he can kind of relate, to, not relate but kind of appeal to everybody and mm. um, and uh, their, their podcast is just ridiculous. Yeah. And they're so northern. And I think because I'm in London now and I miss the North, I like listening to them because yeah. they make me feel like I'm back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you know what? I really respect them too because the, the name, of the podcast, Shag My Annoyed, they couldn't get any um, sponsorship for it because of the name. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like one of the biggest podcasts. Never mind in the UK, I think, in the world. Really? And they've got everyone throwing money at them now. And they're just in, a, in an arena tour. They're selling out arenas wow. in the UK. Um, but yeah, so I listen to silly stuff like that. I just feel like they're my mates and I can switch off with them.
0: I like that though. I'm i i am very similar where I listen to a lot of podcasts over anything else or audiobooks. I'm not a big reader. So not I'm much, I much prefer listening. Like it was actually lockdown that it started for me where I started listening to audiobooks. Because I was like... I've got all these friends I'm sure you're the same If you're not a reader Like I've got all these friends That l- read books all the time And talk about How amazing this book was And I'm like I'm never going to read it Yeah But i listen to it And then I so go are
1: in book clubs And I'm like How yeah. many times a book club? But do you know what Which book I did read? And my mates Always took piss out of me Because they got me Mr. Pipes You know the book um, You know Pikes Hotel Oh okay. I get of oh, course cool. so, Yeah So Mr. Pipes Is the book about the guy That owns it Oh really? I- I think it's amazing. Read it. <laughs> get the audio. book. I'll
0: get the audio book.
1: But um, so the girls, I think the girls bought it for me, and I took it to Ibiza one summer, and then I brought it the next holiday, the next summer. They were like, "Are you still reading it?" I like, Yes, yeah, still reading it. But I finished it finally. It's a great book. It is good.
0: It also for me is like reading takes time, and yeah. we don't have much time to like just sit down and chill. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm sure you don't. I know I don't. So mm-hmm. it's like an audiobook for me or a podcast is like you can multitask at the same time. You can like sit down. I guess it's, it's similar to radio in, to a certain extent where it's, uh, it's on in the background. It's like a part of your day. You're kind of like, like you have people that listen to you every single week, right, on your shows. Yeah. And it's kind of that ritual thing. Whereas it's the same with podcasts for me. Like I follow a few podcasts that like every time I know they're going to come out, I'm going to go and listen to them.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of that, you you know, you know, they're going to be there all the time. When you put the radio on, it's like you can always rely on that person. Like when I used to listen to Annie yeah, and you know what, you know, no matter what happened that week in my life, at six o'clock, she would be there, yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, "Oh," and I'd hear a voice. i be like, "Everything's okay now." So you just rely on these people in the mornings mm. or on the weekends, whenever it is. Yeah, they become part of your part of your like daily routine.
0: Yeah, it's funny how we rely on these people, and then they're not there, and you're like, "Fuck, what happened?" <laughs> and then they and then you forget that these people are like actual normal human beings and have other lives and have time off and go goes goes and does like different careers and wants to get away, like. Yeah. For me on Radio 1, it was Zane Lowe. Zane, yeah. Zane was like, through my childhood, I would listen to Zane. Like I used to work in a fish and chip shop. I'd be like washing dishes out the back listening to Zane Lowe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like that was like one of my introductions into like non-electric music, non-electronic music. Mm-hmm. And just his form of being a presenter and being an interviewer, it was like really special to me and kind of like really got got me... To where I am today I think In what I want to do Where was it for you Where you were like Radio's the one
1: Um, When I was really young When I was like 13 or 14 I just loved the idea of radio mm. Um, Because I'm from Cumbria From Carlisle Which is a very small city In a very rural county yeah. It's just kind of Just farmland Mostly mm. in the Lake District um, and so the radio for me was that outlet of like the rest of the world, yeah. apart from the TV. So when I used to listen to radio one, Sarah Cox was on at the time. Um, and yeah, I just, it, it, for her, for me, it was like, she was really Northern. I'd never heard a Northern accent mm. on a woman. I don't think from a woman on the radio. And, um, and yeah, I just fell in love with her. And I was like, you know, she seems really fun. Like, I really love her. I really looked up to her. Um, and, and, and yes, that was kind of what made me want to get into it. And then I did pursue it when I was at school. I did work experience. You know, you get that work, that the week of work experience. Yeah. So I did two days in an estate agent because I just loved looking around people's houses. And <laughs> really nosy. And then I did two days at the local radio station, which was CFM. Yeah. And I was just sorting through CDs and just making cups of tea. And um, it started from there, really. Mm. But I mean, professionally, it didn't start until I was about 22. Yeah. But I always knew from, from a teenager that I wanted to do it.
0: God, I remember those work experience weeks. I did. I, can you remember, G is GCAP still around in radio?
1: Oh, I don't think it is. I think it's been bought out, but I do remember it because I'm sure that was part of, was it Bauer, did Bauer buy it?
0: I don't I mean, know.
1: Was where CFM was a part of at the time, I think.
0: Yeah, because I, I remember they owned a bunch of stations. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think they, they definitely did get bought out. I don't know who by. I did work experience at GCAP at, um, <laughs> in the jingle department
1: really making, how was like, that
0: it was amazing because I didn't really understand the process of making I didn't know jingles were kind of a thing you know when you're like listening in as a kid and you're like oh it's just another advert or something like you don't think like who makes these adverts or who makes the jingles or and you're or like do all the voiceovers and you're like yeah it was pretty interesting to be fair it was definitely a process that I never thought happened
1: you don't realise what is going on behind the scenes at these no. radio stations. Like, you just see kind of, you know, the presenter. People forget there's the producers, the assistant producers, all the executives, mm. all the bosses, all the people in the audio team making all of this production. Yeah. Um, there's so many parts to it. Um, but, I mean, how did you get to go... I take it you got to get going, like, the studios, the yeah. radio studio. Yeah, yeah.
2: How exciting is that when you go in the
1: studio?
0: Yeah, like, they're,
2: they're pretty amazing.
0: amazing? <laughs> I... I would never, I only started talking on a microphone since I started doing like a a kind of a radio show, but it wasn't really a radio show. And then it was during lockdown when I started the podcast, but I would never really like talking on a microphone beforehand. So like I was always, if I was ever in radio, working in radio or anything like that, I was always just one of the guys in the background Mm -hmm. and then leaving the presenter to do the presenter, do what they do best to be fair um but it is amazing the team because i i used to do a work for a production company in ibiza um and they do all of the radio One ibiza stuff mm-hmm. um and like come in i was like 18 at the time 18 19 and seeing the amount of people that come out for radio on ibiza and like the amount of people that you don't know about that kind of make the everything work and like the technology of like how is this going to go from here to the UK and
2: yeah. then
0: out to everybody else? It's fucking what? And then you have power cuts. And then like, it's, it's, it's a pretty special thing that you don't realize how big of an operation is of yeah. radio and how important it is. I think radio has such a history over, especially in British culture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: of building community and keeping community.
1: Yeah, and we're really bloody good at it as well. You know, a lot of people look to us for styles Mm -hmm. and um, even like the imaging on the radio stations, um, you know, I mean Australia do radio really well mm. they do it really well um but yeah I think it's a huge part of people's lives it's, it's still a huge part of mine not as just as like a presenter but the first thing I do in the morning is put the radio on really um, it's just my routine I just I just love it yeah um and hopefully radio will I mean, obviously, we've got streaming and, you know, Spotify and everything else that we've got to fight against. Mm. But the one thing that we can be is unique because we we are the humans doing something different every day on the radio yeah. and making that connection. And, and hopefully people will still listen to the radio in 30, 40, 50 years time, hopefully. I,
0: <laughs> I agree. I think it's really sad, though, that, that streaming has kind of looks at radio and as a kind of a competitor and I and vice versa because I I, they're two different platforms I'm just spitting everywhere and it's just for me it's just like they're completely different yeah it's completely different and it just annoys me that like how streaming platforms treat you as an artist if you Give your music to a radio uh, radio DJ beforehand, and then it gets played on the radio beforehand, and then they find out, and they're like, "Fuck you, we're not supporting you." And you're like, mm. "Guys, we're all in it together." Like, That's mad. It's- I didn't know that. I didn't know that happened. You know? Oh yeah, it happens. Which really? is why there's such a why. Which is why there's like you know like radio embargoes. Like yeah. it's mostly because of that. Right.
1: Okay. I mean, the radio embargo thing is important and you know, people will sometimes ignore them, but look. The, my job is to help artists out right, and give yeah. them a platform. And I will make sure that I try and stick to that yeah. because if I play a track and someone can't get it and the track's going out the following week and people are trying to shazam it and stuff and mm. they can't get a hold of it, that is no good for the artist. Yeah. That is not helping them at all. That's just, you know, bigging up my ego because yeah, I've got the yeah. track and no one else has, and that's not helping anybody. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think like that's, you know, the way to be is to just stick stick by that and help the artists out. Um and, and, yeah, I mean, obviously I get exclusives, but that's people saying, you know, here's an unsigned track, will you play it? And yeah. that's amazing. But, yeah, I think, like, we've got to kind of help the artists out and do as much as we can for them to get the streams up and build them as an artist.
0: Well, it's weird, isn't it, with the whole Shazam thing? Because Apple obviously bought Shazam. And Ooh. then before 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 Apple bought Shazam, you could Shazam a record and it would and you could register a record on there, so like you could play a record that was not out, and people could Shazam it and it could would come up as that record
2: oh,
1: right I didn't whereas know that
0: whereas now Apple buy it, apple bought it, it only works when it's on apple
1: right okay or
0: out released into the so yeah. the whole Shazam thing is just like falling through because you used to like be able to create real hype on a record yeah. beforehand and you'd like be able to like. Play it for six months beforehand, and it could even play on radio. And like, for years, like everybody on radio has played records before they're out. Mm-hmm. And it maybe not in pop. Maybe I don't know, but I don't know that kind of.
1: Yeah, prob- I doubt in pop, but yeah, definitely in dance definitely music. In dance
0: music. Yeah, but can't do that anymore as much.
1: I know it's it's a shame. It is a shame, but yeah, I just try and. Because I know it pisses artists off if, if we do play it beforehand and I don't want to piss them off. Yeah, I, <laughs> I it's weird. It.
0: It's, it's really weird, isn't it? Because it's like, what's your thoughts? Because there's, uh, I'm sure you've had situations where you've helped break a record. Mm-hmm. But there's I feel that like there's different ideas now of what a record, what a hit is, if that yeah. makes sense. Whereas there's records that, let's say for instance with me, like I've had records that are extremely successful on streaming mm-hmm. that never get a single play on radio and vice versa. I yeah. get a record that's played multiple times, daytime and specialist mm-hmm. and doesn't get any love on Spotify or, yeah. or Apple or any of the streaming. It's, so it's kind of weird. It's like the correlation between streaming and radio just don't go hand in hand anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the way you have to look at it is streaming, the way you're consuming music when you're streaming it, you're probably in any situation, you you know, you're in your house, you're having a house party, you're on your commute. Yeah. The way that we program the music, because I'm on at eight till 10 o'clock at night, Yeah. we have to kind of think about, right, who is listening mm. at this time, Um we kind of, we don't want to scare the audience too much because it's still quite early. Yeah. So we don't want to be smashing out like nails techno yeah. at half past eight because people would, the general, the general public would probably turn off. Totally. So we've, we've got to keep that in mind. So we kind of program it to the start of the show is the more upbeat, mm. accessible, fun stuff. That's going to grab their attention and keep them listening. Yeah. And then after half eight, we kind of, that it kind of loosens up a little bit after mm. that. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you want to know what I, like what I what I do when I'm picking music? Is that? Yeah, what you're I
0: think about? I think that's the thing is like, you're programming records, you're programming a radio show, and it's almost like a DJ set where yeah. you have to keep people listening, and you want yeah. to entertain. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, is you're not enter you're you're entertaining a broader you're entertaining fuck tons of people. Let's be honest, like. I don't know mm-hmm. how many listeners you have on a daily basis, but it's a lot of people.
1: Millions. No, I don't actually know. <laughs> no, but and it's I a it's a mean, lot of people. Awfully a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but if you
0: think about it, like if you put all of those people in one venue, like you can't yeah. you can't please everybody. You can't
1: please everybody, no. Um I think the way that I work with my producer and he used to work with Annie, and I like the way that they programmed her show because Rather rather than it be like a two-hour continuous mix, yeah. it's kind of like high energy at the start, mm. get everyone listening, just keep the links fairly quick, yeah. um, pick like upbeat kind of fun disco house kind of stuff. Um and then and then yeah, kind of from that, we make sure that it's not just kind of the same. Style of songs mm. for like the next half an hour. We want to really like grab people's attention. Yeah. Um, because if they don't like this drum and bass track, hopefully in the next song, they'll like a disco tune. And if they don't like that, then I'll play that, another house tune after yeah. that. So it does make it harder in terms of like mixing stuff because the BPMs is different, mm-hmm. things like yeah, that. Yeah. So that is like the thing to consider. But um, what I'm looking for is this is going to sound really cliche. <laughs> Um is I just if it makes me feel something, yeah. like that whether was, it makes that was feel, cliche
0: as fuck, but it's fine.
1: I don't like yeah, that. I know. <laughs> but um yeah, like does it make me feel good or does it make me feel like sassy? Or does it make yeah. me feel like I don't know, like it takes me to a club in, I don't know, and I would be through something like if it makes me feel something and I think that people are gonna like it, mm. um then I'll play it. If I really like it, and I think, well, someone might not like it, but I really like it, I'll still play it. Yeah. Sometimes we get tracks in, and I'm like, do you know what? I think it's all right, but I know people are going to love it. Yeah. yeah, then- yeah. And, and that's what i've learned like over the last 12 months when i've been there is i've had to wear different hats so you've got to kind of think what mm. do, what do the public like um what do i like because i've also got to show people's taste, my my taste to people i've got to kind of stay true to me as a dj as well yeah, yeah. so it's hard because you're trying to please everybody but also try and be a dj at the same time and stick to kind of what i love yeah, so, yeah and it,
0: i do you ever think about this but the fact that it's you're a DJ on the BBC, which is, like, technically taxpayers' money, right? Yeah. So it's not... This is a weird thing, because I was talking about this the other day to my sister-in-law's parents. No, my brother-in-law's parents. And they were talking about, like, wages and stuff like that of, like, people in the public. And I was, like... They, they were complaining about it. Right. And... They're old. It's fine. They can complain, but it's like personally, I have no issue with people earning good money from public money if they are doing a good job. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that ed- you guys are entertaining hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people on a weekly basis. That's worth money. Mm-hmm. Do, do you ever do you ever look at it like that? Where it's because I know you've worked on commercial stations and also now you're working on the BBC. Is yeah. it, is it any different?
1: Um, what, in terms of like working in that workspace? Yeah. Cause
0: it's like, is there like more pressure because it is like a public radio station? It's like,
1: I'm, to be honest, I don't really think of it like that. Yeah. I never think of it like that, but there is a lot more pressure mm. because you know, in at Radio 1 on a Friday night, there's only three jobs.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's a bloody hard job to get. So when you get it, you've got to make sure that you you absolutely smashing it every week if you can. Like, you know, you've got to really work hard. So the pressure is on because there's an expectation there. Mm, yeah. um, and when Annie left, I was kind of the new female brought in on a Friday night. Mm. and. Yeah, there is, there is that pressure. People have high expectations and it's the BBC. It's it's a huge part of culture yeah. and, um, you know, they... Have, I mean, look at all the icons that mm. they've produced. And the good thing about the BBC is they don't just go to celebrities. They find people who yeah. have, you know, learned how to do the jobs mm. from a really young age and really let them grow there. And, I, and I, that's what I love about them. Like, they give people a chance... You know with people like me who've got a really northern accent, it was quite hard to get into radio and you know in the past. And it's great that they embrace that. Yeah. And yeah, so it is a lot of pressure, but I never really think about um the taxpayers' money. I never really think about that.
0: No, I, I never thought about it until they brought it up. And I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah, this is kind of weird. I mean but I get mean, it, it when you see in the papers you see all these stars getting paid millions of pounds yeah. and but then, on one hand, someone will kick off about it. But then, on the other hand, they'll, they'll need Gary Lineker when they want to watch Match Today. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, these people are skilled, loved presenters, broadcasters.
0: That's the thing. Um, they're, they're, they're giving uh, service to the people.
1: Yeah. And they've spent their whole lives doing it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Worked hard yeah. for it, deserved it. Um, I'm sure you've been asked this question so many times. So I apologize for this um annie announces she's leaving the radio Mm -hmm. you get a phone call is that how it
1: works uh how did it work what week did she she announced it yeah she announced it the week after i found out so i covered for annie on in april Mm. And I did, I'd done three shows at Radio One at that point. Yeah. And so that was on the Friday. And then I get a phone call on the Monday from the boss saying, um, hi, Sarah, what are you doing? Uh, I didn't say this to him, but I was thinking I really hung over watching Line of Duty. It was <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and he was like, oh, I just want to ring you up to tell you that you've got a job. I was like, what? And he said, yeah, Friday nights, eight o'clock. I was just, Blown away, like you know, you just kind of, you know, and you can't even hear anything. You can't even take anything in because you're just sort of like shocked. Um, Wow! And then I think it was, I think it was that week that Annie announced that she was leaving. I think it was on the Thursday. Mm. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Um, obviously, kind of got an inkling when they gave me that call. Um, but I didn't realise that she was leaving completely. Mm. Um, so. On the Thursday when they announced it, I'm sure it was the Thursday, um, I was literally listening in floods of tears because I was so devastated that she was leaving completely. Mm. I just thought she's leaving the you know the Friday night show, but she's going to be there for the week. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was absolutely devastated. And then I didn't realise that we had to do a Zoom with everybody um, after the announcement. And I was literally in my PJs because I didn't see the email my face was red because i've been crying my eyes out because i was so gutted that she'd left but also that i was that i was you know going to be working there um and i remember going on the zoom and like pete tongs on there and i'm like oh Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) like congratulations sarah i was like i was i was in my bedroom 100, 100 people on the zoom i was like oh my god i wasn't ready for this but um yeah it was a mad moment announcing it and um how does it feel do you know what it doesn't even feel real yet it mm. still hasn't sunk in I don't think but I'm having the time of my life okay. like this is this is what I've always wanted to do mm. and I think um for a long time I didn't think I could do it because you just think it's such an amazing job how how am I going to get that job yeah. like, how do I get in there um So I never really believed in myself and never really took it seriously. I wanted to do it, but just always talked myself down. Mm. And then I think I just got to a point where I was like, do you know what, if I don't do this now, I might never do it. And I don't want to look back in 10, 20 years time and regret it. Mm. Um, But yeah, it feels amazing and surreal and bonkers. Like, yeah, it's mad. I've grown up listening to Pete and Danny and I'm working with them now and it's weird.
0: Yeah, I remember when Danny got on the radio. I remember the the Ibiza competition. And it's yeah. crazy to see his career since since going through that as well. And yeah, it's, it is amazing when it really hit home when you were like, there's only three spaces on Friday night. And you're like, you never think of it like that, right? Or I didn't mm. ever think of it like that. Mm. And how many times in our careers are we part of that? like the a very small selection of people that have been picked to entertain or to mm-hmm. DJ, to speak or whatever that is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It makes our jobs feel so... I don't know, it makes me feel super lucky to be able to be in that situation. Yeah. Um. What were you doing before Radio 1?
1: So before Radio 1... I was basically unemployed, yeah. um, so i work. I was working at Capital, and I'd worked there for six years. So yeah. I started covering shows in Capital, uh, sorry, at Capital Yorkshire in about 2013, mm. and then got a job eventually doing a breakfast show for them over in Wrexham, which is like North Wales. I didn't even know where Wrexham was. <laughs> I just said, and I was like, oh shit, it's in Wales. Okay, right. I just moved to Wales. Um, so then I, I went to Wrexham, then I moved to Liverpool after 18 months, did drive time there, mm. then moved down to London in 2018 and did Capital in London yeah. um, on the Weekender. Uh, um, so, yeah, I was there for about six years or seven years and then decided I was going to leave um, in the mayor when we were in a lockdown. Yeah. And everyone was like, really? Well, yeah. Are you yeah. sure this is the right thing to do? But I I just thought, you know what? It's just time to leave. I, I really felt like I wanted to do something that was more underground, which you can imagine what was going through my head. I'm on Capital, which is a commercial radio station, yeah. trying to be an underground DJ. Mm, going to be pretty tough yeah Yeah. and um so I didn't think it was going to be possible but I just kind of got to the point where I was like you know what if I don't do this Mm. then I'm you know I'm going to really regret it so I left in the July I handed my notice in had my final show in the August um I'd saved some money so I knew I had a bit of money to live off for like I don't know 12 months max Yeah. So I was, I was sensible. I didn't just leave and was like, okay, I've got like 20 (laughs) quid in my bank account. I'd saved a bit of money. Um, and then, so that was in the August. So I had about a month of just like living on the weekend, just going wild because I worked every weekend for like three years in a radio studio on my own usually, or sometimes it was DJs in the very start. Um so yeah, I had a really like had a loads, loads of fun. And then in the September, the Radio One Christmas Cover competition came up. Mm. Um, so I entered that. So between like the August and the and December, I was just kind of doing voiceovers and mm. kind of living yeah, off yeah. that. Um and then yeah, entered the Christmas cover competition. And
0: what was that competition? I didn't know about this.
1: Yeah, so they do it every year. Mm. And they get uh, 33 presenters to cover loads of Christmas shows when the main presenters are off. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really good opportunity for Radio 1 to find new talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, like, all age ranges on there. You've got people from hospital radio mm. to, to, like, to me, who's been in radio for, like, six years. And when I entered it, like, some of my friends were like, you know, you've got loads of experience. Why would you do this? And I was just like, Do you know what? I have sent millions of demos to Radio One in the past yeah. and never had a response. And I just thought, with this, they're gonna have to—they're gonna have to listen to it because I've entered the competition. So you had to fill out a form and things like yeah. that online. Uh, so I put the demo together in my bedroom. It was a five-minute demo um, of all the music that I really liked—dance mm. music—to kind of really show them what I'm about. Um, and and then yeah, got the call in the like the October time to say that I was going to cover for Annie. Oh wow! And I was like, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty mad. And then from there on, you get the job eventually.
1: So yeah, so I did the the cover show for Annie, which was on New Year's Day. That was pre-recorded because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but I was really kind of happy about that because mm. I was so nervous about yeah, it. Yeah. Um so yeah so that was pre-recorded and then I covered for Danny in the February and that was pre-recorded but as live so yeah. I literally they press record and it's live. yeah live. Yeah, two yeah. hours go for it and then and then oh, actually I did a I, I did a daytime cover show it was like a um, like a party anthem mm-hmm. show on a Friday bank holiday yeah um, that was my first live show and I was Absolutely <laughs> brilliant, and um, thank God there was a producer there because I kept on messing up the back time into the news, and I was just like, "Help, help! Oh my God!" Because <laughs> when you're in a new studio and you're on Radio One, and you're like, "There's so many things to think about." Well, the pressure um, as
0: well. If if it's something that you've wanted to do since you were like 13 years old, yeah and you're finally there, it's like, "Fuck." I've actually got to perform now. And you'd never, I think when you're young, you never expect yourself to ever get there. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, I need to sound calm and I need to sound cool. And I need to sound like, Oh, Hey, I do yeah. this all the time. And it was, it was a lot. Um, and then, so then I did that show and then I covered for Annie in the April and then, and then I got the job. So it was like, it was quick. really fast. It was really mad. I believe oh, it
0: because a lot of there was quite a lot of pe- new people that came in at that time around when Annie left, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: there was quite a lot of new presenters that came in. Um, I'm trying to think of all the names. Now. Dean, he does. He's just got Scott Mills's show.
0: Yeah, oh really? Is Scott Mills going?
1: Yeah, Scott Mills announced that he's leaving. Um, I think it was like two weeks ago he announced it. Yeah, he's like, been in. The era.
0: He's been there forever. Yeah. He was there during Chris Moyles was when Chris Moyles was still there, and yeah,
1: yeah, Scott's been there like twenty years. um yeah, long,
0: yeah, time. long like, time. Ever since I can remember him being on radio, he's he's been there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what a brilliant broadcaster! Like he's amazing. He's, he's so so good. What's the guy um, that does it with him? I forget uh, Chris Chris, Chris Stark. Hilarious. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> So, so funny. I love those two. Yeah, so Dean's taking over, and Dean's, like, the boss had said to me, on the Zoom, actually, in front of all the people that were presenters for that year, mm. we were kind of having, like, a, a kind of after-Christmas Zoom where everyone got to chat about the shows and stuff like yeah. that. And, and the boss asked me who's my favourite, and I said, I feel a bit bad saying this in front of everyone, but I was like, Dean. I was like, Dean's just got it. He's yeah. just great. And it's so nice, like, you know, over the last year, he has just grown so much. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's killing it I'm really happy for him But there's been loads There's been loads of new presenters coming And it's just really nice to see um, Such a diverse group of presenters yeah. And lots of different accents And different age ranges um, Yeah, it's just It's really good to see No, I love it I love it
0: Radio is so like We've said it before But it's so important Especially in Well, in British culture mm-hmm. How is it How has it changed Your personal
1: life It was Pretty hectic Um Yeah it's difficult Because Because alongside The radio Is my DJ gigs now mm. So I'm DJing Pretty much every weekend Did
0: you notice a change From going from Capital to Radio 1 In your DJ gigs One million percent Yeah
1: Yeah definitely I think you know Having that Radio 1 BBC Kind of Behind you, it, It's kind of that almost i don't say blue tick but people kind of trust okay they do dance music show at radio one the music is going to be underground and yeah people know what to expect i suppose
0: i think it's a different Uh, i think it's a different um clientele as well i don't don't mean that in a disrespectful way to commercial radio but commercial radio is commercial radio so yeah from what i can gather the gigs that you'll be going to get in from it being uh capital dj to a radio one dj is just worlds apart
1: yeah 100 I, I remember speaking to um a friend who's a festival promoter mm. um and he gave me a gig at hideout i was going out anyways with my friend harriet jackson and i said to mark and a dj and he actually gave me a set um i didn't get paid or anything but yeah. i didn't care i was just like i just want to play and um and i was speaking to him about it and he said "Sam, you just you just need to get a gig." at the BBC, honestly, yeah. that will change everything for you. Mm. And when I got the gig, I rang him up and I was like, guess
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to definitely book me now. <laughs> well,
1: I, like, I've
0: been, I'm really close friends with Charlie T. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've known her for maybe twelve twelve 12 years yeah. now. And it, we've always said the same to her in that sense, is that, that there's radio, there's amazing radio shows throughout the whole of the UK, but radio one's Mecca. Yeah. And until you get radio one, like, although you're not necessarily a bad DJ or a bad brand or worse than anybody else, Mm -hmm. radio one does just give you that tick of approval and your career can skyrocket from there.
1: Yeah, Which I is, suppose it's about the gigs that you want to do. So if you want to do underground gigs, then Radio One is, is the, the one. one that you want to be with. Yeah, I mean, but, you can get amazing gigs with other brands, but they're the more kind of commercial gigs yeah. you, that you're going to
0: get. I just feel there's more longevity really in it um, mm. in Radio One because it just feels more authentic um, mm. to who you are as as a presenter. It's more, you get to be you more rather than, it's not, I know a lot of Radio 1 is playlisted, but on the specialist shows, it's not playlisted. You're not told what to play and you can kind of get a bit more of your personality in there, which then allows you to be, to kind of be seen more by promoters and kind of give yourself a little bit more way to the public.
1: hundred percent because you get into program all the music you're getting to launch people's careers yeah. as well as your own. So there's all of these things that are factored in. Um that yeah, if you can if you've got a good ear and you can find hits and you, you just you've got a good eye for these artists, then mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have a good career because um yeah, it's it's a tough job to find good people. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I love digging for music. I spend so much time digging for it. Sam, my producer's like, you just need to stop, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but there could be another hit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is, what is that about? Is that what, is that what you're looking for? Is your, are you looking to like find new artists to be like, I'm, I broke this artist? And I don't mean that in an egotistical way because it might come across as that. But like, is that yeah. the goal?
1: do you know what it's more just like i'm excited to find i like finding people that no one else has found um and yes it's not more it's not about that ego thing it is lovely to be that person that finds that artist it's it's amazing um but yeah it's just more about like finding some something that no one else has found yet it's Mm. just it's exciting
0: yeah
1: um and you know the level of producers now is insane like there's just so much good music around
0: it's so much music and it's so fast like this it's every week it's just like this is wild
1: it's it's hard to keep on top of um and yeah because you want to be playing loads of Fresh music every week, but you also need to remember that there's a lot of amazing tracks that I played, for instance, last week, and I need to play them again because you want to keep playing them to be familiar to people yeah. to help that artist grow. But there's so much new music, and we program probably uh, forty songs a for show, sure, I think. Yeah. And I can't imagine how much has been released every Friday. It's Six- like sixty thousand songs a day. <laughs> what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Shit! I, I didn't know. know that. It's mental. I just that did a podcast with Jacks Jones, and yeah, he was like, "Yeah, sixty thousand tracks a day." I wow. reckon there's probably even more than that if you think about it. That is mad. I didn't realise it was that much. Yeah. So, and this it is it. Is your job's pretty important? <laughs> like you, you're picking forty records, and isn't like it, it when your record gets played on radio is special but when it gets played on radio one as an artist i can only speak for myself but it's a special feeling mm-hmm. and especially that first time and then the second time it's even not it's nice and then you kind of get used to it sometimes and then mm-hmm. it kind of you, you go on a lull as a artist for a little bit and you kind of either try and evolve as an artist and kind of go through stages of writing shit music and all of that (laughs) and then you haven't had any radio play in ages and then your record your new record gets played you're like oh my god it feels so good yeah like how much love do you get from everybody that plays your when you play their record
1: Oh, it's lovely. Like the amount of messages I get on Instagram, just like, thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to me. And and I know how it feels because I actually had a track played on Radio 1 yeah. about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, Danny played it and I've actually got the clip on my SoundCloud <laughs> and I showed it to him when I first started working at Radio 1. I was like, look, at you talking about me. And I remember hearing his voice saying my name and I was like... It honestly blew my mind. It was the most amazing thing. So it's so lovely to be able to do that for artists now because yeah. I know how important it is. Um and and I know that, you know, the Spotify team are looking and they're listening because then they're adding the tracks to other playlists and things like that. So yeah, it's um it's a lot of responsibility. Um, but it's just so lovely to to help people out and get all these lovely messages. It's overwhelming as well. Yeah, like it's overwhelming um, getting these messages because I want to get back to everybody, um, and then I'm just spending all my time on my phone all the time. But um, it, yeah, it's just it's a great feeling. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um,
0: what artists have you helped break? That you're like you don't have to name all of them. But like, what was 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 one that you're like super proud of that comes off of the top of the off the top of your head?
1: Um, Anish Kumar has got oh, to be his stuff so good. He's amazing, isn't so he? So good, yeah. He's so
0: good.
1: So he was emailing me. I don't even know how he got my email address. Yeah. But started, how how many?
0: St- how many people are you like? How the fuck did they get my email address? Like <laughs> every day, I bet
1: my promo box is out of control. <laughs> I, I get scared to open it, but I've got, I've got, to, I've got to open it, but I'm just like, right. Okay. And I just try and pick the tracks that like, maybe I don't recognize the name. So I'll listen to that. Cause my producers on a lot of the emails as yeah. well. So he can kind of, you know, Feel he can that. deal with the ones that are all from the big record labels. And then I'll listen to them on a Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. But it, yeah, it is, um, it is mad. And I'm like, yeah, how did you get my email address? But, People get it, it's mad. Um, but yeah, Anish emailed me, was sending me promos, um around it must have been around when I started doing cover for Annie, which was at Christmas. Yeah. 2020, 24, 21. And he sent me loads of different tracks and I really loved them. And they were all different. Mm. And I was like, oh wow, you can really make lots of different sounds. Um and So when I I said to him, look, when I cover for Annie in April, and yeah, it was April, I'll play one of your tracks. Um, so I played it and then I told Sam about him. And Sam then showed this other track to Annie. And I think the following week, when Annie came back, she made his track the hottest record in the world. And he didn't even know about it. Oh, really? Until it went on air and he was like texting me, like, what the hell, Sarah? (laughs) Um so yeah, it's just been lovely to see him develop, and you know he's only I think twenty one or twenty two. He's mm. training to be a vet. Yeah, he's he's so young and so talented, and I just love his latest track, Steamroller. Mm, it's great. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. I played in um, kind of well, basically where Glastonbury is on the weekend at NAS Festival.
0: Mm. Oh, did you play also, there?
1: Uh, you got know, sorry. How,
0: how was that? I lived you know I live pretty close to it.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. The crowds are like up for it, yeah. and I was like, shall I play a bit of drum bass? Shall I play a bit heavier stuff? Because I know that kind, of, that was, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that part of the country love that. So I did, and then at the end, I thought I'm going to finish with Anish's tune because they'll either really love it or they just won't get it because it's yeah. disco. And I played it, and they all went mad for it. I was really happy. Disco's popping uh, off at the moment.
0: You what sorry? Disco's popping off at the moment.
1: It is. It is. I mean, look at our system. Yeah. Number one. It's mad.
0: I, lo- I love, I love England for that though, because you would never get that in America. Yeah. You, you, I, I doubt you even get that in Australia so much or like any other territory where you have like really a club record
1: mm-hmm.
0: become number one.
1: I mean, Victoria Beckham was tweeting about it and posting it on her Instagram, my favorite song of this year. <laughs> it's just like, it's really just connected with everybody, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. obviously TikTok was a huge thing for them. But- is, that, is that how it started? Yeah, I think so people started doing because you know there's the, the BPM change. Yeah. Um people started doing videos mm. to that. Um and that's how it started growing. Um but but yeah, a, I mean is it on a major or is it independent? It's on Warner. So yeah, so they they that really helped them, TikTok. Yeah. But I mean it's 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 such a good record because it can appeal to everybody. Yeah. Kids like it. Teenagers like it, mums and dads like it. You know, my mum, who's 66, she likes it. Yeah. She loves more towns than disco. So it's, it's such a like, it's got such a like mass appeal and it's still really fucking cool. Yeah, it's great. It's, it
0: is a great record. I guess, yeah, that's commercial records, right? It appeals to everybody, mm. which but it's, is genius. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I don't,
1: I don't, I don't see it as commercial though. That's the thing.
0: I see, I, I do. But I don't see commercial music as a negative connotation. I used to. I I used to very much. I used to be like, oh, that's way too commercial. But as I've got older and kind of, I guess, grown up a little bit, it's like, no, actually, you've made a record that millions of people like. And that is fucking hard.
1: Yes, it is really hard. And isn't it funny how you say it as you've you've got older? Because people can be so snobby about music yeah. yeah. and I've been snobby about music in the past and I've been made to feel like shit because I liked a certain record and I was yeah. like, oh, cool, that's commercial. And that has affected me in the past and it's taken me, you know, like for like 10 years or so longer going out raving and stuff to really understand and learn about you know, underground music mm. and what's commercial and appreciate a song for being a good song yeah. and not letting my nose up at it. Um, because so many people do. And I'm like, come on, like, it's it's a good record at the end of the day.
0: Totally. And I think this is the thing is the, the way I look at it now is actually there is no underground in what we do. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm, and this is only my personal opinion and I'm happy to debate it, but underground for me is there's 50 people in a basement playing records none of them are tweeting on instagram tweet tweet on instagram posting on instagram <laughs> tweeting uh-huh. none of them have no one has any followers it's literally just a tiny little crew doing their own little thing yeah the minute a record goes from being played being made to then being released. And then from that being released to getting played on radio, getting playlists on Spotify, it's no, it's no longer underground. So you're, you're having some sort of commercial success mm-hmm. and the min and realistically 99.999% of what we listen to or play all has some sort of commercial success. Mm-hmm. Some of the, 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 the barriers of commercial success are very wide apart. Mm-hmm but we're all trying to do one thing and that's make music that people enjoy. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't
1: want to do that. That's the aim. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. Really and
0: like, even so like my housemate in Detroit, he makes really underground techno, like proper Berlin techno, but okay. there's still a huge scene where people in his scene make a shit ton of money and it's not underground. The minute mm. 10,000 people shun- turn up to your show, you're not underground. You're just mm. making a different genre of music. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your genre of music's better than anybody else. It doesn't make you a better person. It's just different tastes. Like we all wear different clothes. Doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't make us different. We're all trying to have some sort of commercial success. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a Beatport number one, whether that's Sarah Story play your record on, on the radio, or whether that's 10 people buy your record on Beatport. It's, mm-hmm. we all have these different goals, and I, I really hate music snobbery. Yeah, it's depre- it's so depressing.
1: It is, it's really depressing. It's really, really depressing. And yeah, I think it can affect people. I hate the fact that people make other people feel bad because how, like, how did it affect
0: oh. you? Because I think it did affect you. It
1: did, quite it, really a lot. did affect yeah. me. it really did affect me. It stopped me from DJing for quite a while mm-hmm. because, um like doing seasons in ibiza we did say the same years didn't we yeah and i like a bit of everything yeah. but i would always i remember i always used to say to my friends i want to go to retro at passion like listen to like a small school house yeah, yeah, yeah. like what oh, are you going to do that like shit
0: I'm
1: like what no it's not this is where it started from like it's this the best is part,
0: best party that
1: yeah it's such a good party um and, yeah, like, over the years, I've, I've just kind of, yeah, I've, I've come into contact with quite a few music snobs. And, yeah, it's, it has affected me a bit because it just makes you feel like shit. It mm. makes you feel like, oh, am I stupid for liking that? Yeah. And I And I really think that, like, no matter what you like, if you like it, you like funny. it. I'm not gonna make you feel bad. Like if you had a jumper on and I thought it was shit, but I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say, do you know what I mean? It's it depends. It's, it depends. I don't necessarily like the song, but I'm not gonna make you feel bad about it.
0: If if I might, if my mate's wearing a shit jumper, I'd definitely tell him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> I probably would as well. But do you know what I mean, I just think it's like it's a bit bully, it's a bit like bullying, isn't it really? It's I think just, it's
0: elitist, right? Yeah. And it's like it's very like I'm better than you, and it's just fucking music. Come
1: on, people. chin stroking, just yeah. like and everyone's standing there, just trying to be really cool. And I'm like, is anyone having a good time? Yeah, that's it's, what we're here for.
0: It's not for me that scene. There's a there's a bunch of that in our industry, and it's weird because a lot of them are actually extremely successful and mm. earn a fuck ton of money. But I think it's actually more so the crowd that are like that than actually the DJs yeah. themselves and or mm-hmm. the artists themselves. Um yeah. But I think that's just because they're insecure at the end. At the end of the day, <laughs> fuck them. I hate these people. <laughs> right, let's talk about Ibiza. I forgot you did Ibiza. Let's let's have some Ibiza stories. Um, yeah. What do you want to know? Uh, not the not the nitty gritty because I'm sure. Can we broadcast? It's a podcast. We can broadcast anything. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah,
2: <true. laughs>
0: um, what years were you there? 2008
1: and
0: 2009. And what were you doing for work?
1: <laughs> You're going to love this. So I got, a, well, I got a job first ticket selling for a yeah. boat party and I was pucker, terrible at it. Pucker up? Um, I can't even remember. It might have been pucker up. I felt like they did a few boat parties. It might have been pucker up can't remember i did it for a week and i was just terrible i just gave up i was like this isn't for me i'm not a ticket seller um and i then found someone who knew someone it's all about knowing someone isn't it who Always. knew someone from blackpool who run a um photography company that um back in the day do you remember used to get a picture taken you'd get it in a keyring. yeah yeah so I, I was that girl. No way, were you? That girl. So there was, there was a lot of us that did it. So my job, there was like there was all be two girls on shift. And he did it in Eden, Esparadise, the West End, mm-hmm. Zoo Projects, and occasionally boat parties, but it yeah. was chaos on the boat parties. And you had to have a printer and stuff, so it was, it was a bit of a nightmare to boat parties. Um, and I loved it. I remember the first shift I ever did, my boss came up to me and went, no one's ever sold this many hearings before. It was like, I was like, <laughs> get in. I was like 19. It's like, do you want to come in a night out? And me and my friends. I was like, yeah. So, um, so then I did that for the summer, and it was brilliant. I used to do like five or six Days a week, I used to work at Pete's Night Wonderland. Um, I've got a picture with Pete. Um, so good, when dude. I was doing the job in the backstage area, so we, we must that. have met. Yeah, we must have met because you DJ'd. Did you say you DJ'd at Canyon Bar?
0: Yeah, I was resident, uh, not that uh, 20. I was either there or Orange Corner, but I used to work for Wonderland as well,
1: right? We must have met then, yeah, yeah. Um and then I used to sing on boat parties as well.
0: Yeah, you. I. we need to talk about this as well, about you singing. But yeah. Carry on about Ibiza. Where, where were you living?
1: Uh, so <laughs> I was living, oh my God, the Jovial, which was opposite Ibiza Rocks. So it's a little, ho- it was like a little hotel, but we ended up just living there for like three oh, months. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was just as Ibiza Rocks was really starting to become like... Ibiza Rocks, yeah. And I, I used to finish work at like five o'clock in the morning. I'd, I'd come home sometimes and just want, you know, a quiet drink before I went to bed. And there'd be a load of lads from Wigan opposite Ibiza Rocks on the, on the balconies, like, way chatting. So we'd end up getting involved and just having a laugh at them. And it was really good fun living there. It was mad. It's- but I was like 19, so I didn't care. It was so much
0: fun. It was the best time of my life. I, like yeah. I had so, I have so many good memories like from 2016 my first like time going out there and playing until like 2021
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it was just like you're in this your own little bubble and the rest of the world doesn't exist when you're in Ibiza even now mm-hmm. when I go to Ibiza I'm like the rest of the world just isn't happening it's just it's just Ibiza. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing how many British people started in Ibiza that now still work in the industry or still living out there doing their own thing. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a real kind of, it's a tough place to work. Mm. Like, you know, you really had to want to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, friends that would come out would drop like flies. Um, it was a real kind of tough place to work, tough place to survive um i was a student so i didn't have any money yeah so i had to really work my ass off to to survive out there um but yeah i mean i loved it i mean the people that i met i mean uh, so when i moved to london i ended up moving in with the guy that i lived with in ibiza mm. and it was just so funny and i was like god we lived together when i was 19 and then we lived together 10 years later it was it was
0: funny it's mad uh, the relationships you get though because I, I feel like I'd be through relationships if they are real close relationships, you, you stick together forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. one of
0: my best mates used to live with me out there. And, like, we met him out I met him out there, and we're still, like, yeah, 10 years later, 15 years later, we're still best mates. Yeah. It's
1: a magical island. I love it. Yeah. It's great.
0: What's, what boat parties were you singing at?
1: So, uh, I sing on this workers' boat party called Shipwrecked oh yeah classic Um, do you remember that yeah yeah did you ever go on it once never again (laughs) Uh, was
0: it was it marco loco
1: yes what a legend what a legend so i met marco the night that i went out with my boss from Mm. doing selling the most key rings um, so it was like the second week or something in Ibiza and Marco was DJing in the that yeah. hotel. Um, and, um, he gave me and my boss, a lift back to San Antonio and I was a bit drunk and was singing in the car to the radio. And he was like, oh, are you a singer? I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like, Would well, do you want to sing at my boat party? I just thought he was joking. So I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so then two weeks later I went on the boat party and I used to, do i finished my shift at eden or wherever i was at like 4am 5am and then i just literally go straight to yeah. the, boat and pull the boat and the boat party was 6am till 10am <laughs> outrageous really <laughs> think about it um and yes yeah, so so then so two weeks later I'll, I'll go on this boat party with my friends minding my own business and then marco loco comes up to me he's like Hey, you're the girl from the car. I've been looking for you for two weeks. I've been trying to find you on Facebook and trying to speak to you. Da, 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 da. Do you want to sing on the boat party now? And I was like, what? Uh, and he was like, Yeah, come on, just like sing some house classics and, and sing when I'm DJing. And I was like, Oh, all right then. So my friends like, What are you doing? And I'm like, I sing now. Um, so yeah, so then that was it. That I used to do every shipwreck with him and I'd sing house classics, I'd just freestyle yeah. um over wherever he was playing and just sing. Like Red Carpet, yeah. you know, it's all right. That, it, that
0: was when those records were huge as well. Like everyone yeah. loved that. Red Carpet was just, that was doing the rounds that year.
1: Yeah. And Man With A Red Face had just been re-released yeah. by Mark Knight. So that was like everyone's like biggest tune the summer. Everyone loved that. So yeah, so I did that. And then I sang at the, do you remember the shit party at the Zoo Project, the workers party at the yeah. end of the year? I sang there. I found a picture of me and Marco Loco actually. No and way. I. Got, yeah, I've got the worst fancy dress. That's not even what I was trying to be, the fancy dress. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's a picture of me and Marco, uh, Marco Loco at the Zoo Project, and I'm singing. I'll dig it out. I'll, I'll send it Please to do. you. That'd way.
0: be amazing. Oh, yeah. Those are the best days. The shit party was messy as fuck.
1: The shit party was <laughs> 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 crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Like, yeah, just, I look back on those days, and I'm just like, wow what what an amazing moment mm. in my life just it was so free just so young and just yeah I just didn't give a shit it was great
0: yeah it's it's weird isn't it because it go it's so long ago but it was also feels like it was yesterday yeah like i still go back to orange corner which my first residency was and like mm-hmm. i'm still friends with the owners Wow friends i i still talk to them if you know what i mean like we still go and say hi and kind of catch up and you're just Just like free drinks off him (laughs) they never give me free drinks don't worry about that (laughs) 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 they're proper ibiza people um but it's like it's mad how much the island evolves but also stays the same Mm -hmm. you can still recognize everything and there's always still people there that were there from when you were there Mm -hmm. um why did you not go back
1: so i did two seasons and then i kind of just felt like i i'm not well i suppose i was bored of it yeah it was just like do you know what i've had two amazing summers Mm. i've learned a lot about myself i've had an amazing time i've met the most incredible people Yeah, but i just kind of felt like i was kind of done with it yeah um i'd finished uni and do you know what? After that, I didn't go back to Ibiza for a few years. Mm. Um, I think I'd like sickened myself of it. Um, and I, I started going to Croatia quite a lot mm. um, to like the, remember the Garden Festival, which yeah, is now the national, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just started going to Croatia in just different places. But now, th- but then I went back in 2018 with work and it just like it, all the love for it came back. And I was yeah. like, why have I not been here for like five years or whatever, or six years? I can't remember what it was maybe longer um yeah and now I just have fallen in love with it again mm.
0: I think this podcast is actually going to come out after the radio on weekend so okay. but are you going to be out there for radio on weekend
1: so sorry, my the way cameras, it's working now
0: my camera's my camera's froze but it's fine we've got a new one. Oh, there we go we got
1: two cameras.
0: Uh, one's the internal one, and one's an actual good camera. But my good camera is playing up, so it never lasts a full podcast. I I need to get it fixed.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, yeah, so original one I beat this year. I'm not actually going out to it on the Friday, mm. so it's going to be me. I think Charlie T. Yeah. Charlie Hedges maybe Jaguar maybe. Um, I think we're all going to be in the studio in London, nice. and then Danny. Is doing defected on the mm. Friday night, uh, and Ariel's playing as well. Oh, cool. And then Pete is doing ants on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday there is something happening. Um, but and I was I'm mentally playing it. It's TBC at the moment. Mm. I'll be really happy if it does happen because then I'll be able to yeah. do show in London and then fly out yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it's not going to be the radio one that we all kind of know. Yeah, um, I heard that. I heard that. What. Do you
0: know Tom Brown? Tom Brown. If you Where don't, if you don't, you'll meet him. He 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 does all the Radio 1 production in Ibiza. Oh, okay. So he kind of works on that. Um I used to work for him on the island years ago. But he I spoke to him the other day and he was like, yeah, they're not doing what Radio 1 Ibiza used to be this mm-hmm. year, but Radio 1 in Ibiza is like this iconic weekend. I'm actually out there that weekend. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, it's, I love Radio One Ibiza. It's the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, what you will you'll remember yeah. when you lived there, like the influx of people, <laughs> the excitement in San Antonio when the amount of know,
0: Northerners they would rock yeah. up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> always Northerners, always Bloody scousers,
0: scousers, those eyebrows,
1: oh, scousers. those
0: fucking eyebrows. You could, we literally, (laughs) we literally, no, I love them, but we would literally play games of guess the Scouser and you could just guess it by the eyebrows. Like I love, I love them to bits, but they had strong eyebrows back in the day.
1: Actually, I lived in Liverpool for quite some time and I did have very strong eyebrows did when I lived there. You? We
0: need to pull yeah. out those pictures. We need to get these pictures and then everyone yeah. will understand.
1: But yeah, it's, it's always like definitely northerners are there. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a really exciting weekend, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. I'm hoping that next year things things might change and bring back the old kind of way of doing it, hopefully. Well, but I think um, the whole
0: I think in a lot of big corporations, COVID is still like a big thing right and yeah. I think especially with the BBC being like a public leading company like you have to do what's right I guess mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it makes sense completely are you still singing
1: I am I'm still writing to yeah. people cool. yeah yeah
0: well, how's that process
1: it's been really interesting and really kind of I didn't think I, I could write pop and I've started writing quite a bit of pop, nice. um, which has been fun. Um the process is a really interesting one because everyone that you work with is a totally different experience. Yeah. So I started writing music years ago, but started again um in 2019. Um, matter of fact, reached out to me, um, who were from Liverpool, brilliant producers. Yeah. Um and yeah, they reached out to me and they said, oh, my friend's seen you singing on your Instagram live from um, Isle of White Festival. And I was like, yeah, because I DJed and sang over my set. Okay. And um, and they were like, oh, do you want to come up to Liverpool and, and work with us? Um, And I knew people who knew them, so I was kind of like, okay, it's yeah. cool, we'll go up and meet them. As soon as I met them, it was like, within 10 minutes, I was like, these guys are brilliant. Show me the music. And I was just like, this is great. Mm. And we wrote a really good song. The first song we wrote was brilliant. Um. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's hard to get the chemistry right within the studio because, like, you know, sometimes I've worked with people and you don't really know them and you, there's a lot of pressure to, like, you know, everyone's looking at you, write, write something amazing, go. It's like, okay, I've only just heard the song two minutes ago. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, but I've done some really good sessions recently and for me, I'm just trying to, like, kind of delve into... Every genre, try and write lots yeah. of different things and lots of different people, and then eventually, I'm hoping within the next six to twelve months, start making stuff for me as an artist. Okay, um, cool. Which is a lot of pressure. So, is that the is that the goal
0: to be yeah. like and it sounds awful and cheesy, but like to be the artist,
1: to be the artist, but also it's a tough one because. Being the broadcaster, people generally see you as, okay, well, you're the broadcaster and that's your job.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't agree with it. And I don't necessarily think it's, I think it's very closed-minded attitude that we all have to a certain extent. It's like, you can only yeah. do one thing, but clearly yeah. none of us only do one thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Zayn is a producer and has produced some insane records or exec produced like it which a lot of people wouldn't even know about. So is it something that you want to do as Sarah Story or would you have like a different name or would you do it as, yeah, as... What's, what's the plan?
1: I have thought about an alias and then I was like, no, do you know what? If I'm going to make something that's, for, for me, it's, it's going to be, well, is it, it's not going to be underground because I obviously want to play it out and yeah. like, like we've already discussed, but it's going to be kind of the more underground house cool. music. Yeah. That's the kind of route that I want to go down. The stuff that I enjoy playing out in the yeah. DJs. Um, and yeah, it'll, I want it to just be made because mm. trying to have an alias and trying to do the Sarah's Sorry thing, it's, it's a lot to do. And yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, if, if the music's right and it makes sense with what I'm playing out and it marries up, then let's just do it as me. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the other stuff that I'm writing, like pop tracks, obviously I wouldn't be putting my name to that. It would yeah. just be right, that I'm it. a writer on it and get someone else to, you know, revocal it. That's cool. Um, yeah, which I've been doing recently and I've actually really enjoyed it. It takes the pressure off you as a singer. Yeah, it's I like... Know here's a song and i love actually hearing other people sing the songs because i'm like wow it sounds totally different when they Mm. do it and it just feels like a different not a different track but um it's just grown as a track um but yeah i mean i really really would love to do that and for me i i want to break out of the uk as well i want to try and you know do tours all around the world come to america Um, yeah, it's definitely, I'm actually coming to America in September Oh really, where are, you, where are you playing? Where? I'm doing Cross Festival in oh, San Diego man. Oh I
0: was talking to you about this
1: Yeah Cross is the that. fucking,
0: it's the, my second favourite festival in, in America Is it? It's unbelievable, yeah Make sure if you can, get a couple of days in San Diego as well, it's beautiful Yeah,
1: well I'm planning on, so I'm going to, I've got a gig in New York on the Saturday Do you know where you're playing? Um, elsewhere. It's
0: wicked. Are you doing outside or inside? I think
1: I'm doing outside. It's, it's fun.
0: It's wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um so I'm flying there on Saturday, then flying to San Diego on Sunday, doing cross festival, staying there for a few days, just gonna have a bit of time to chill. What is that? Uh the twenty fourth the twenty-fifth of September. That's when Cross Festival is on Sunday. I'm in London. Oh uh, in the States.
0: I would to come. Hmm. Yeah. San Diego's amazing.
1: I've never been. I'm so excited.
0: It's, it's such an amazing city. It's the only, it's in California, obviously. It's the only place in California that I live in, to be fair. It's, 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 Where do you live? I live in Detroit or I'm in Somerset right now. So I have a place here and then a place in the States for when I'm out there. And you
1: just live between the two?
0: Yeah. yeah. How is that? Um, I'm really lucky. I'm like, I'm really fortunate that I can do that because yeah. um, it really helps touring wise like when I'm hi- hi- touring Europe I can I have a place here and mm-hmm. then when I'm touring America I can have a place there it's tough with like relationships and like not and like just generally relationships like friendships and all of that as well is because yeah. you're never really anywhere yeah. so even like I might be here for like a month and then i'm in america for a month and then i'm touring somewhere else it's kind of the normal tour life but i think because i live in two places i'm never coming back home there's never a home if that makes sense it's just like wherever i'm touring i'm going back to the place where i'm where i have to to live um have but, you done
1: that for a long time
0: yeah seven years wow so i've i like it's weird for me my career's always been kind of weird i've done it the backwards way where I got bigger in America before I did in Europe yeah. and now I'm trying to grow things in Europe. Mm
2: -hmm. So it's
0: kind of like everyone always does it the opposite way around. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, I I love it. This year has been crazy for me. It's literally this whole summer is like every week, every other weekend I'm in the States or Europe. And then like August it's like everywhere else. So I don't know. I'm used to it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I'm lucky. I'm really fortunate that I get to do it. Um, sometimes it's like, it would be really nice to just like settle down in one place and be like, this is home. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, that's, I guess it's the life we chose. <laughs> Thug life, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> it's hard though. Like I understand that. Like I'm hit there and everywhere all the time. Yeah. And Yeah. I had a weekend off through the week and it was so nice to just be like at home for two days and I didn't have to pack a suitcase and I went to the gym on like the Monday I know it sounds like simple but it was really lovely um but yeah it's what we chose and we shouldn't we shouldn't complain about it
0: yeah I used to hate having weekends off like weekends off for me were like why am I not DJing I should be DJing like it means I'm a terrible DJ and nobody wants me yeah now like a weekend off is like i think i have four weekends off for the rest of the year and it's like but it must be for you talking about weekends you're working every weekend
2: you're working yeah, every so friday
0: night
1: <laughs> every friday night yeah i get four off a year but i tend to use those for gigs
0: yeah how many how does that work with gigs because does that does that mean that you have to gig in the uk <sighs>
1: So generally, yeah. So when I go to America, um, I'm going to take a Friday off because I want to kind of stay a bit longer and do more gigs.
0: And what's the rules with pre-recording if you're allowed to talk about them?
1: Um, I don't think I am. They don't really like you to do it, yeah. which I understand why, because broadcasting live and pre recorded is a totally different thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we want to interact. I want people to be able to text in and interact. And I love that. It yeah. feels like I've got a bit of a family on air now, and I've yeah. got everyone, that, like the regulars that listen. Mm-hmm. And people would know straight away if it was pre recorded yeah. um, because you just give a different performance. But it would be great to do a couple because it is. It is obviously it is very limiting um, in terms of like doing gigs abroad. Yeah. Um, and even in the UK, it's quite hard because you've kind of got to do generally London or in that area on a Friday night. I have mm. done a warehouse project on a Friday night once, yeah. and I got they let me pre-record the last half an hour. I ran to the train station and made the train for ten o'clock. My show finishes at ten. That's right. Yeah, and then went straight to Manchester and a DJ at Warehouse Project from half two till half three in the morning. Mm. Um, so that was that. That was hectic, but it's fun. Like it's a bit of a buzz, and I quite like travelling. Like yeah. I quite like travelling on my own, and yeah, that sounds so weird. Travelling like,
0: with other people is hard. You have to think <laughs> about them. <laughs>
1: talk to them yeah, uh, yeah. no I, do, I don't mind traveling I think it's quite fun um as long as I don't miss the flight um but uh but yeah yeah so it does limit you quite a lot but mm. then on a Saturday I can travel somewhere yeah. um yeah it's just obviously working every weekend which it's it's a lot but I suppose I've got through the week and I do work I do try and treat the show like in nine to five and like my mm. other projects like a nine to five yeah. i still work on a monday i get up at like eight o'clock nine yeah. o'clock and crack on um but um but yeah i'm just kind of used to it now
0: i think that's it is ha- like it's interesting that you say that you treat it like a nine to five i treat producing like a nine to five as well yeah. um do you when you're during the week and you're planning shows and you're doing your other work as well and you're writing and things like that do you make a specific time to actually have a life outside of that?
1: Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the problem. Um, No, do you know what? Like my boyfriend's really good at making me switch off. He will say, look, I'm taking your phone off you for two hours. Like just get off whatever you're doing on your phone and just chill out. Yeah. And my housemate is really fun. Like we had a barbecue last night and I was sitting there thinking, oh God, there's so much stuff I should be doing. But I was just like, just give yourself a break. there. So I just enjoy it. It's sunny. It was lovely. Um, I do find it really hard to switch off. Yeah. Um, but it's because I love my job mm. and I love, I'm always like wanting to do more, which I know it can be um, quite unhealthy because you're just always thinking about something and I'm always wanting to talk about it. And I'm sure I bore people to death talking mm. about my job, but um, I love it and I, I would do it. I can, I would do it every day if I wasn't hung over on a Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, you, you say it's unhealthy, but is it unhealthy until it's unhealthy for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I'm, like, absolutely drained and, you know, it's affecting my health and my mental health, then it's a problem, definitely. Because
0: I just had a conversation with, with Jax Jones, and there was, like, a point where we were talking about, like, are you actually enjoying it? Are you actually happy in your life? Like, if you sit down and look at yourself in the mirror and, like, forget what you should say because of the public and because of your perception of you, you're doing everything you've always wished for. Are you actually happy? And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, well how do I work my way out to happiness? And that's what I'm kind of trying to get at is like, you say it's unhealthy, but is it unhealthy if you absolutely love what you do? Like I generally like hearing your voice that you fucking love what you do.
1: Yeah, I do. I do love what I do. It's um, it's so much fun. Like, it's a fun job. I've done shit jobs. Yeah, I've worked in fish and chip shop. Um, I've worked in call centers. Yeah, and um, you know, I've done loads. of... I mean, there's nothing wrong with working a call center. I just was terrible at it. Yeah. Um, and it got I actually got sacked and then I got it back. <laughs> I got the job back. I was like, I'm not moving back to Carlisle. I need this job.
0: I thought um, you'd be amazing at a call center because you can talk for fucking England.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what right doing that job really helped in terms of radio because i I was chatting to people on the phone Mm. i used to deal with ppi complaints Ah, um and but it was actually it was banking and Mm. it was really tricky it was really tricky i'd just done a music degree and i was like i don't know what i'm doing here and luckily i had some friends in there who like helped me out but um yeah it was just it was just it wasn't for me. Yeah. It was not for me. But I was very lucky. I had a very understanding boss because we were contractors. We all were just there. It wasn't. It wasn't it, a career. Yeah. It was a temporary yeah. thing. So when I started working at Capital, he was amazing because I'd cover the breakfast show and I'd go in to do the breakfast show at five a.m. Mm. and then I would um, do the breakfast show till ten o'clock. This was only like say like eight weeks out of the year max. Yeah. And then I would go straight to the office and do the the call centre job for the rest of the day. And he was really like, he was really good at letting me come in half an hour late and things like that. He was, he was really awesome.
0: understanding. That's awesome. It's mm-hmm. funny that we all had jobs before what we do, right? And it's super, mm-hmm. I think it's super important that we do because I think, like, it makes us realise that we're doing something that we absolutely love. hundred percent
1: yeah you appreciate it yeah you really appreciate it and I have friends that have done their job and they've got a good job for since I was 16 mm-hmm. and I I think they probably don't appreciate it as much because yeah. they've not had to kind of fight the way and I think um when you have to really graft and make ends meet and do three jobs at a time whatever it is yeah um you appreciate it a lot more and I'm really glad that I had all those jobs I used to work in River Island I used to sing and work in working men's clubs really I <laughs> that's, a so of job. that's
0: so <laughs> northern as well
1: <laughs> in Cumbria and in south of Scotland in like Dumfries and places like that um yeah I used to get 50 quid cash in hand no so,
0: way yeah. I, used to, I used to my ex-girlfriend was from Lincolnshire and um <laughs> Yeah, all of her like guy friends would go to like work in men's clubs and it wasn't really a culture down where I'm from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, this is so old school. Like it, it is actually how you expect it to be up north at that time. It's pretty yeah. pretty mental. Pretty mental. Yeah. Um
1: what have you got planned for the rest of the summer? Oh, okay. So this weekend I've got Beat Herder. Uh, which is a festival in uh, Lancashire yeah. Which I'm really excited about Because I feel like a lot of people from Carlisle Are going to be there And they're always well up for it yeah. The crowd will be, go mad So I'm well excited for that um, And then I've got oh, I can I can say actually Because this is going out after it I'm doing Secret Garden Party next week Oh sick
0: Yeah this is this is gone This has been a good So yeah. you've, you've had an amazing set of Secret Party Secret yeah. Garden Party
1: um, Fatboy Slim Brighton Beach next week I'm really oh, excited yay. for
0: that I didn't know he was doing those again because he yeah. stopped that for years. Yeah. That's going to be mental.
1: I'm so excited. I was so excited when they asked me to
0: do that. I just was like... How does it feel, though, like, for you? Because... That's a... Like, you're getting... I've been following your career, obviously. I had heard of you before you were on Radio one mm-hmm. And I think I'd heard of you through singing. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure how. Um... But obviously your career has just kind of gone from where it was to, like, stratosphere level, right? Yeah. And, it and it keeps growing and keeps growing and keeps growing. How does yeah. it feel when you're getting booked on these, like, massive shows when you're alongside people like Fatboy Slim that, again, there's only a few people that play alongside Fatboy Slim and get booked for his – the most famous party in Brighton.
1: It feels amazing and overwhelming and I literally was nearly crying when I got the email about it because my brother has been such a like crucial part of my music taste yeah. and growing up and he showed me the DVD of that party yeah. all those years ago and when I was a kid I watched it and I just remember thinking wow what is this, this the energy, mm. like the amount of people I talk to and they always say you know when I'm at an after party I put that Brighton Beach, the big Beach boutique, um, YouTube video on, and everyone just loves it. The soundtrack's amazing. The energy is amazing. There's like 200,000 people there. Yeah. It's an absolute honor to be asked to do it. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple of gigs with him, and he's such a nice guy. And I, I, uh, at Warehouse Project New Year's Eve, it was Annie Mac, then me, then Fat Boy Slim. And I was like, Oh, what are we going to play? I remember the promoter, Rich Beginners, went, you better put your big girl pants on for this one. And I was like, <laughs> ah, this is like a lot of pressure. Yeah. I was like, okay, but um, it is a lot of pressure and, um, and yeah, it's, it's it's, it's a tough one Because obviously the crowd Is a very different crowd It's yeah. probably going to be A bit of an older crowd To um, To kind of What I'm used to playing to mm. But I kind of want to, I just embrace it Like I feel like I'm ready to do it And yeah. I, I, I know exactly What I want to play next week Yeah
0: That'd be amazing um, That'd be amazing How uh, Are your family In all of this?
1: They're great They're loving it Yeah They're loving it Like my mum is so proud She listens every Friday night Oh I love that And um, she's like I'm just in the bath listening I'm like I'm playing drum and bass and she's just, listening. just
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's
1: there with a cup of tea and that um, uh, But yeah they love it like my brothers are so proud of me and mm. yeah Lee's Lee's the, my, the oldest brother he's just can't get his head around it he's coming to the gig next week and he's nice. just so proud and yeah it's just it's just lovely it's also a relief because they've seen me mm. over the over the years really kind of the ups and the downs and yeah. all the jobs I didn't get and yeah it's been like it's you know it's been a journey like you've, you know, yeah, you've yeah. probably had a really similar journey yeah. it's just you have your ups and downs and it's you've got to make those phone calls where times aren't good so now it's like finally it was worth it it was worth all of that moving house and yeah leaving jobs and getting new jobs and starting new relationships and you know it's difficult you know moving house having to restart your life again and yeah get new friends and yeah, it's it's tough, isn't
0: it? It's a process, and I think I think it's the crazy payoff that we all want to that we all do to try and do the job that we love, right? Mm-hmm. And we're really fortunate that it pays off because there's so many people that that don't succeed in that. Yeah, but I think it's the people that don't give up are the ones that succeed. Like I, I'm a firm believer that if you didn't get the job at Radio 1 now, you would work until you did get that Radio 1 job. Yeah. And... then yeah, when I'm 50, like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Taking over Annie Nightingale. And...
1: Yeah, do you know what, though? I did get to a point where I was, like, ready to give up. and But you didn't. I think... But I didn't. And I think... I think sometimes you have to get to that point where mm-hmm. you're about to give up for things to happen. Yeah. Um. And I was getting to that point where I was like, maybe maybe this just isn't what I'm meant to do. Mm. Maybe I'm not that good. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in my head I'm thinking I'm good and I'm not that good. It's It's tough.
0: It's really funny you say that. I've had so many conversations with friends where they've got to that point in their career Mm. and it's like, I think I'm going to give up and do something else or I'm going to change my name or I'm going to try something new and a month or two after that conversation they're like on another level because they didn't give up but it was like it was just a moment in their career where it was like the lowest of low but once you got through that you're like okay I've got through that that's the worst part of my career ever so Mm -hmm. now I can kind of I've, I've dealt with that and now I can work out what it is and yeah. it's really like a lot of my a lot of friends charlie t being one of them like mm-hmm. I, I remember her calling me when the radio station she was on beforehand what's the name kiss yes. um stopped doing her show mm-hmm. um or she was like i don't want to do this show anymore and they're like well we don't have any more and she was like okay cool i'm out and right. i literally had a call with her and i was like don't fucking give up like mm-hmm. you're you're so close if you give up now, you will regret it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go get a big girl job when you're like 45, 50. It doesn't matter. Like, they, the big girl jobs are always going to be there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you can yeah, always sure. be a lawyer. You can always be a doctor. You can always do these things if you want. But you can't always be a radio presenter or a DJ or a producer, like, because you have to put time into it.
1: Yeah, time and energy and yeah. be committed. And, you know, I'm so happy for Charlie because she left KISS about six months after I left Capital. Yeah. And she kind of probably went through, I've not really spoken to her about it, but I imagine she went through pretty much similar head journey to me. Exactly, is like, yeah, Exactly the same. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Okay. And and it's so lovely that she's got the drum bass show now yeah. and that starts in like two months time, I think. September. In September. Yeah. 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 Um, and she's been covering my show as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so lovely to see her kind of in the space where she was always meant to be.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so nice to see anybody become successful and But go through the hard times. We all go through the hard times. And that's why I kind of asked about your family because they've seen all the hard times. They see it every single day. They probably see the hard times now that you don't talk about now, right? Like they're the ones that that see everything about you if you have a good relationship with your family. Mm -hmm. So, like, I even get it with my family. Like, it's so nice to see how they respond to our careers Mm -hmm. doing well. Yeah, having a proud parent is probably the best feeling ever, right?
1: Yeah, like my mum has a shrine of me at home. I'm <laughs> like, I went home and in the, in the conservatory, there's like a wall of pictures <laughs> of me through the years, through the different looks, me doing various different things. And I'm like... Bless her, like it's so lovely. And I go on a phone sometimes if she wants me to like help her out with something because she always wants something doing. And I, I look at her pictures and it's just pictures of me, screenshotting me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And she's like my biggest fan and it's just lovely. It's just really nice. Because she was the she was the person who you know took me to dancing classes and singing lessons mm-hmm. and theater schools and taekwondo lessons yeah. taekwondo for like six years. You know, she was there that was She was the person who made me become this really committed, driven person. Um, It's all down to her.
0: Mm. Love it. I love it. Um, We've just done an hour and a half. Let's wrap this up. But I want to ask one more question. And this isn't music related, but I'm starting to ask people at the end of the show. um, If you could give one piece of advice right now to everybody, what would it be?
1: it would be to stop giving a shit. And I think when you get to that point, it's just, it's a relief and it gives you a new lease life. Um, And I think it's something that takes time. I think it's kind of towards the end of your twenties, early thirties, I feel like you stop. As a woman, I stopped worrying so much about the way I looked, about my weight, about what people thought of me. and also because I stopped caring so much, I'm a, I'm a massive overthinker. Mm. Um, I probably don't come across like that, but I am. I get it. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, once I stopped caring so much about what people thought of, you know, my career or whatever it was, that's when things changed for me yeah. and the good stuff happened. Um, so yeah, I would just stop caring what other people think. Just do you and people will love you for it, Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> You're
0: doing the right thing. You know, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Love that. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Remind people when they can hear you on the radio and follow you and all of that good
1: stuff. Okay, so you can listen to my radio show Friday nights, BBC Radio One, eight PM UK time. Um, you can listen on BBC Sounds as well. And Instagram is Sarah Story, TikTok is Sarah Story. Um so yeah, get me on them. Drop is, me a follow.
0: Is BBC Sounds worldwide?
1: Um I think you have to have a login for it. But I reckon you could listen on tuning, you know, I reckon you could listen yeah. back, but there is someone, I don't know who it is, but someone listens to my show every week and uploads it. And with the track list and everything to a website. Cause when I like Google stuff, sometimes I'm trying so, to find uh, a quick link to the show. It comes up. Um, so yeah, hopefully you should be able to. You'll
0: be able listen. to listen. If you're in a, if you're in a different country, go Google. It's a hell of yeah. a tool.
1: Yeah. Because people listen to Pete all around the world. So yeah. Must be yeah, Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs>
0: Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing to see your career get to where it is today. And I'm really excited to see it grow into more things. Hopefully see you in person very soon and keep safe, mate. Have a great summer. Oh,
1: thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Big love, mate.
0: Take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. Big love to Sarah for coming on. If you enjoyed it, please share, please review and keep safe. And I'll see you next time.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.